0: We're not talking insurrection. We're not talking communism. We're talking about a revolution that this Thanksgiving, you don't have to be embarrassed by your family for disagreeing with you about. They won't. It's the self-love revolution. Peace and self-love, man. It's Open Loops. Hello everybody, Greg Bornstein here, consciousness disruptor, cultural hypnotist, looper, all around guy, really just wanting to figure it out, recently had this revelation that my epitaph should say. Greg Bornstein, he lived, in quotes, searching for the right words. Now, to make things a little less grim, let's talk about open loops. What are they? We'll get to that in a little bit. You see, my goal on this show is to challenge your existing belief systems by sharing radically unique ideas designed to stimulate your unconscious mind and force you to step into the highest version of yourself. How do we do that on the show? By talking about the things that are intellectually provocative, perhaps consciously escapist. All the topics that take us away from it all, spirituality, magic, Hypnosis, the occult, the paranormal, the conspiratorial, the secretive, the mysterious, the fantastical, the entertaining, and of course, the deepest questions of them all. Who and what we really are. Now, this episode returns us a little bit to the roots of this show. What I like about it is that... It's not fringe. I mean, this is, I I call this a late-night talk show for the shamelessly fringe. And perhaps the idea of leading a revolution of self and of humanity and of the heart is fringe nowadays in the world that doesn't seem to really embrace that too often. But what I mean is, you're not going to get anything questionably unscientific on this show which let's face it, it's kind of my thing this is about loving yourself and this man's journey from the heights of success glamour, glitz, money, show business to the deep, dark night of the soul and figuring out how to lead an even better life than what we would all aspire to with our egoic minds in the first place. Yes, there is a spiritual component to this episode, but it's more along the lines of psychology and discovering yourself. Jonathan Troen is a life mastery coach, And a self-love mentor. He's done it all in terms of training and coaching. Tony Robbins trained. Louise Hay, Law of Attraction. But the message that he comes away with ultimately is simple. Now, my overthinking mind takes the simple and makes it very complex Therefore, I I poke at the self-love revolution in a lot of ways to make it as understandable and as practical for you as possible. I really like Jonathan. He gave me great answers. He inspired me. If Lin-Manuel Miranda wanted to write a hip-hop musical about self-love... I think everybody would think it was cheap pandering. No one would go see it. It would get terrible reviews. And, minus the expensive ticket and the shooting at the end, isn't Hamilton really just about self- Uh, No, it's not. Go watch Hamilton. Don't fall for this. But that said... Jonathan Trowan definitely is the self love Hamilton. There's just no violence at the end. I really want to say, yet. But we know that's not true. It's self love. That's what we need more than anything else. And I can't think of a better representation of what that movement could be than this conversation with Jonathan. I hope it inspires change. I hope it inspires a revolution. I hope it inspires you to get into the practice of loving yourself, because if you do, then you'll start saying the stuff that's actually inside of your head out loud more, and then we'll all find you a lot more interesting. Not to say you're not already interesting. I I, I don't even do this. I. I need to love myself more. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go listen to this interview. In the meanwhile, if you enjoy Open Loops, please make sure to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as rate the show and leave a review. Very grateful for any and all your feedback. And now, here's the man himself, self-love revolutionary, Jonathan Troen. Jonathan Troen, a life mastery coach, mindfulness teacher, and we have a revolutionary here. <laughs> this this is what I'm most excited about. The creator of... Of the self-love revolution we're gonna go into all of what that means uh jonathan thanks so much for coming on the show
1: so happy to be here thank you
0: yes i am such a fan of this because it is well, you know, and it's what you hear more often than not. I mean, it's, it's the number one thing you hear from, from therapists, coaches, self-development, uh, friends. Hey, you got to love yourself more. You got to love it. Oh, you just have to love yourself. They say you have to be yourself, but, but I think being yourself is difficult if you don't love yourself. Um, why don't we start here? Why is self-love something that's so important that it has to have a revolution?
1: Yeah, so it's a revolution because it's against everything we've ever been taught. Oh, from schools from uh, well, let, let's start with schools. And and I want to be clear: I'm the son of two, t- two teachers. If you are a teacher, I honor you. You are in the most important profession in the world. I truly believe that.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, and. The system's a little broken. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, because we are—we're teaching people to compete with each other. Um, we're teaching people to um, to always compare themselves to each other. We're teaching people to—it doesn't matter who they are, but to conform in such a way that you fit in. And we're also taught and this is a really big thing, we're taught that that if you do that, if you conform and you fit in the right way, and then if you work hard for long enough, you will be successful. And if you're successful for long enough, then you'll be happy. And we do it because we're programmed from a very young age. So we do it. We try and fit in. We work really hard. Now, some of us, Don't get successful. Okay, now that's a problem because we work really hard. But a lot of people do get successful. So then it's like, hey, I worked hard. I'm successful. Why the F am I not happy? Because that's what they taught me. That's what the midlife crisis is. It's simply doing what you were told, work hard, be successful then you'll be happy. Of course, now it's a quarter life crisis, right? That's a real term. I didn't make that up Um, because everything's accelerated. So, you know, we're 25, 30, we're working hard. We're we're really successful now too, right? People are getting successful at, at much younger ages, but where's the happiness? And it's because the single most important ingredient was not taught to them. And in in my world, I would say that's self-love. But if you really want to go to science, they've done the research. Harvard's done the research. The number one predictor of future success, not grades, not IQ, emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is a huge component of self-love. So if you want to go by the Harvard study, Emotional intelligence. I don't know why they don't teach it in schools. If you want to go by my lingo, and now we're just talking semantics, it's self-love, which is very inclusive of emotional intelligence, plus a whole bunch of other things. The most important skill we've never been taught.
0: I, <laughs> I'm such a fan of this answer. I, 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 I really, uh, it resonates with me. It feels. It feels great. I mean, I, I want to get into your background a little bit just because I also find it so interesting. I mean, you were doing really great things, Jonathan, with your life. You could say that you were living um, not even a traditional version of success in the sense that, um, you know, you were you were in the music and entertainment business um, talking to some of the biggest stars in the world. Or would you were you a journalist? What were you doing in that role?
1: so so here's what happened i don't know if i've ever fully given the full story before so i, I was working for a company um it was about 94 95 the internet was just beginning and we, we were starting it was an entertainment company we were starting in internet division so they moved me from what i was doing to um to head up this brand new internet division um, then they called it off they said nah we don't believe in this stuff we're not doing it Oh my um, so they gave me they gave me severance and said you know see you later. So I'm like all right well I got a little bit of money I'm going to do this on my own and I had the I, I loved music right so all I wanted to do at the time was go to rock concerts and get free records and interview bands right because it costs a lot of money to buy all those records and interview bands so that was my dream and I had all, always heard like you can create your own dream so I started a company. So I could go to free concerts, get free records, and interview bands. Um, it was called LA Live, and, and we, we were one of the first, we were the first company, not the first company to broadcast any concert on the internet, but the first one to create a series of concerts on the internet. Um, And we wired up all of Los Angeles from, you know, Dodger Stadium on the big side to Whiskey Roxy, Troubadour on the small side and everything in between. Um, And that's what we did. So I I got to interview all these people that I always wanted to meet, Um, you know, and then that evolved into a television career. So then I started working into TV and TV. Um, You know, I'm not good it'd be an hour long story. I don't have to give you the whole thing, but on paper, this was all looking really successful. I I lived three blocks from the beach. Uh, I could see the sunset out my window. I'm interviewing the biggest stars in the world. It is on paper, the life of my dreams. And here's, what's really interesting. The life I tried to create, like, I, 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 this is what I wanted to do. Right. That's what's, that's what's jarring to
0: me about this story.
1: I wanted to be (laughs) in the entertainment business. Yeah. Um, now, looking back, I couldn't say it then. Looking back, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. So it didn't really matter what I did. Um, I, I didn't. Like other people could tell me what, what how great things were, but inside I didn't feel it. And and even though I, I had some semblance of success and, and I believed it, it was, um, I still compared myself to other people. So. You know, I was, you know, then, you know, six figures is the big goal. So, okay, I'm making six figures. And, and it's like, well, you know, making low six figures. And, you know, those guys are making, you know, three, four, five, six hundred thousand. So who am I? Um, you know, I, I, you know, I had a decent place. But, you know, there were million dollar houses, multi, like <laughs> many, many million dollar houses just on the other side of the main Street. There's a street in Santa Monica called Montana. So I was south of Montana and there's north of Montana. And it is spoken like that. You're south of Montana or you're north of Montana. Right. So north right. of Montana, I, I was half a block south of Montana. North of Montana, you know, at that time, and that was some years ago, seven, eight million dollars for a house, no big deal. So that's who I got to compare myself to. So I was stuck in comparison mode. And even though I reached the successes that I wanted from the old me, where I was then, I still wasn't good enough. And that was the real problem. I wasn't taught how to truly celebrate my successes. I wasn't taught how to accept myself as as I was. So there I was, living the life of my dreams, watching the sunset out my window, and I, I was miserable.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just want to you know, point out that I do think this is such a... It is such a different perspective because I think it's talked about a lot. I hear it a lot from uh, people that m- normally people that have a more traditional background, and that's sort of where I was <laughs> expecting. I was going, okay, well, clearly this guy probably was like, you know, maybe he rose to the ranks of some corporate job he was told his parents wanted to do. But this is very different. This is saying I created, I manifested this dream life, and. I still didn't get it, and I think that's what you do hear a lot from coaches. I think you hear a lot from therapists. I've heard all over the years, some of the richest people in the world who have the nicest houses still aren't happy. This is the closest I've ever come to someone that was there. (laughs) You know, you are someone that actually, yeah, you lived a life. Some people would look at you from the outside, that old life, and say, oh my gosh, look at Jonathan. He has this beautiful house. He talked to celebrities. He's in Los Angeles, the most beautiful place in America, arguably at times, you know, one of the most beautiful cities.
1: Yeah, it and wasn't he wasn't at that time. <laughs> like people say, where, where would you want to live? I go, are you kidding me? Right. I live in paradise. I don't need to go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I have no idea how this could. <laughs> so I'm going, yeah, it's great to hear from somebody that actually was in a position where they were wealthy in quotes abundant in quotes and meaning the reality that you still weren't happy um did you figure it out i mean what was did you have a moment where you realized oh my gosh i have to do something completely different or was it a gradual step how did how did you cope with the how did the reality hit you
1: i'd say i'd say in all honesty it was it was more gradual right um and and i think i got. I got less happy over time, but I didn't know why. Looking back on it, I couldn't tell you this then, but looking back on it, it's because I was living other people's values. I was living the values of, um, because what once my company got taken over by another company, um, then the Internet crashed um, and I went into TV. So I didn't have my own company anymore. I was working for other people people. Um, You know, E! Entertainment, Discovery Channel shows. So, you know, seemingly cool things, but I started, I didn't like all the shows I was producing. Um, They liked me, they kept hiring me. So I thought I was doing a good job. And my job then was to make other people happy. Because when I made them happy, they paid me. When they paid me, I paid rent. I could take people out on dates. I could do all the stuff. So that was like the exchange. Um, but I didn't understand that I was tearing myself apart by living other people's values. So, and, and I only know that in retrospect. Um, I remember, so I, I, I was a big punk rock fan. And I remember um, in Santa Monica, there's this park overlooking the ocean. Um, so I'm on Third Street, so it's two blocks away. And I, I would go there all the time. And you know, it was like a, almost every day, I would just take uh, an evening stroll there and at that time i used to always listen to headphones because the voices in my head did again in retrospect uh, i didn't want to hear them so i always had sound in my ears now i usually don't walk with sound in my ears because i'm listening to the world inviting it in but then i didn't want to do that um and i'm listening to the song the band is called social distortion uh, now I interviewed the band. I had seen them live. I, I listened to this song, to, to all, a lot of the songs, but this one song in particular, like at least hundreds of times, maybe maybe thousands. I don't know. And here's a, here's a lyric that kind of stopped me. Not kind of, that stopped me. Uh, and it said, you can run all your life, but not go anywhere. And I heard it heard it, heard it for the first time. Because a part of the story you didn't hear was, um, I worked in radio in Boston. I left and moved to Denmark, uh, one-way ticket. I left Denmark I moved to Spain. From Spain, moved to LA, moved to the middle of LA. Um, Then when my company got taken over, I said, okay, now I have some money. Which Santa Monica, 11th Street in Santa Monica.
0: Talking about a comparison mindset. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this, going, man, I, I wish I had this guy's life. Holy, great, right? And I'm not going
1: to say it wasn't. It was great. It really was. I just didn't understand what was going on inside of me. Um, So what I realized in each of those steps. At the time, I would have said, "Ah, these are adventures. Denmark is an adventure, and it was. Spain was an adventure, and it was. And going to LA, I had never been to California before. I had some friends that lived there. So I just said, okay, I'll come out. You guys are there. I'll come out. It was all an adventure to me. But a lot of it was I was running from myself. I was just running from these voices in my head that kept telling me I wasn't good enough. So... Skipping part of the story and I'll fill in any details you want. But it, at some point I, I left the entertainment business and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Yes, I get it. I, I was really lucky. I could do it. I did, I did nothing for a year, but try and figure out what what I was going to do. I get not everyone has that luxury and I'm blessed for that. And I went on a journey to begin to figure out what was wrong with me. Uh, now the real journey took more than that year that I didn't do much. Um, but eventually here's what I found out. And this is what changed everything. I found out nothing was wrong with me. I didn't need to change anything. I didn't need to try and be that other person that lived on the other block, or was producing a cooler show than I was doing, or was doing a movie, because I was only doing TV. I, I didn't have to try and pretend to be anybody else. I could just be me. That was mine, blown beginning of Freedom. And through practicing it, then really practicing, uh, I, I, th- that was just discovering it because I, I still didn't believe it, know it, all that kind of stuff. So eventually I learned some of the methods for really owning you're okay. I'll just give them to you. We can go into details acceptance, gratitude, forgiveness. Also, I said self love is the most important skill we've never been taught. Forgiveness is also the most important skill we've never been taught. I know, how can we have two most important skills? Yeah, side by side. and necessary for each other. Uh, and then self-love, self-compassion, just saying kind things to yourself. And I'm not saying life is, is, is amazing every day. I got this, we're living in a pandemic. I, um, I have a brick and mortar, mortar yoga studio. In addition to the coaching and self-love evolution, we have a physical place where people go to which had to be shuttered for a year over a year i'm not saying there are difficulties but i can look at myself in the eyes at the end of the day every day and say jonathan i love you you did a good job today i got you back Hmm. and that's freedom
0: yeah this is resonating with me It's, it's very much um i mean it's hitting me in an emotional way um it's interesting i sometimes i think i bring the guest on in the universe that the universe is telling me you need to talk to this person at this time uh which is great i'm amazed you've shown up because it's definitely wrestling with well okay let me put it this way i think that in addition to the pandemic of the actual pandemic in addition to the pandemic of inauthenticity and the pandemic of technology making us, you know, a comparison mindset. I think that there is is a curse on this world in terms of what Facebook, Instagram, what people are projecting is the, I I guess you could say there's there's the illness, then there's the egoic illness in the world. Um... I would sum it up as I think FOMO, I think this fear of missing out thing is something that is it's casually thrown around a lot. But I think it is. I mean, it's it's really if you were to strip it all down, it's sort of what you were talking about. This idea that we're never at the place we need to be. There's always something better. What am I missing out on in this moment? What could I be doing? I think I think that happens in day to day. Life. I know it happens for me. Um, I, I think it happens on a broader scale. I think it happens in you know moment to moment. I think it happens in life situation. Who am I, I am in this moment? I'm not. the I hear it all the time. I'm not the place I. I think I should be in my twenties, thirties, whatever. Um, it, it, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that this fear of missing out thing is really? Um, prevalent and and uh, what? How do we combat it?
1: So a few questions are mixed in there, right? So, so I'm gonna try and take them all.
0: Yeah, I know, um, I'm throwing but you a lot. Fear, fear <laughs> but, missing out. Yeah,
1: huge. And again, that's what we're taught. Um, be like that person over there. We're taught that in school. You know, you got to be number one. And if you're not number one, who are you? You know, and you spoke about, you know, feeling like we're not at the right place where we are. The problem is we never feel that because most of it, I'm going to assume that you've set goals and you've actually achieved at least, at least one of them, right? At some point.
0: Yes. Yes. yes.
1: So what happens is we set a goal in Many times, I think more often than not, we achieve it and then we celebrate for about 30 seconds and then it's like, oh, okay. I guess I have to set another goal because I'm not feeling that joy that I was supposed to feel when I reached this goal. All right, let me set another one, okay? All right, when this happens, I'll be happy. All right, work really hard, make the calls, do this, get everything done. Six months later, a year later, got it. Oh, huh. Well, that's weird. I felt really amazing for like three days and now I feel back to what I, I used to feel. All right, well, I guess that wasn't the key. Let me set another goal. And so we basically keep postponing happiness to the future. And I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when this happens. The thing is, it happens, and that's why you mentioned it before. There are people with millions of dollars. They just wanted the millions of dollars. They got it. Not happy. Look, I spent I'm not in Hollywood now. I'm in Austin, Texas now. But I spent a lot of time in Hollywood, Los Angeles. I knew a lot of really rich people. Some were really happy. Some were really unhappy. I knew a lot of, of not rich people, maybe poor people, um, certainly not raking it in and, and, and with day-to-day struggles. And some were really happy and some were really not happy. Money was not the key definer in that. Um, not even a career ladder was the key definer in that. It's something different and it comes from within. The, I mentioned that equation before, right? Work hard, work hard long enough, you're successful. Be successful long enough, then you'll be happy. They taught us that out of love. They truly believed it. And maybe that really did work for the, for the time in life when you know you could work for a company and they employed you for your whole life. I don't know, maybe it did work then. I don't know. But those, those days don't exist. And I know the midlife of crisis did exist back then. Uh, here's the real equation. The real equation is be happy now. If you're happy now, you are successful because isn't that why you're working so damn hard in the first place? And when you're happy and successful, see, here's where people get it wrong. They think, well, then no one's going to want to do the work. No, when you're happy and successful, it's so much easier to put yourself out there and do the work that you're supposed to be doing here on this planet impacting people, contributing to society so much easier, so much more loving and and fulfilling. And we have to learn how to live by this new equation. Now, maybe there are different ways to that. The way that I figured out is self-love and self-compassion. That makes me happy now. Even by the way, folks, when I'm sad or pissed off or angry, I feel all those emotions. Been a rough year. And I've heard people say you can't have multiple emotions at the same time. In my experience, that is not true. You can hold multiple emotions at the same time. So I can have sadness inside of me and I can have happiness inside of me at the same time. I can feel sad about something and feel the love and support that i'm receiving that i used to always want to receive from the outside great what i do but now i receive it from the inside and that creates a sense of ease and joy even with the difficult emotions that may come up on any given day
0: that is yeah i it's um maybe I couldn't figure this out a few years ago. You know, it it was about five or six years ago. I was in a very, very kind of uh, a darker place in my life. And I I remember people were telling me, professionals that I was working with at the time, and and my friends, they said, Craig, do you love yourself? And I didn't. Or at least I said I didn't. Because I really didn't. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something broken. I I guess this is your story. I, I thought I could be better. I. Not even that my life circumstances were better, that, that I, myself, as a human, could be better. And the fact that I wasn't lining up with the person that I thought I should be was very difficult. Uh, how do you – what is your answer to that? How do you deal with people that actually straight up say no, I don't, and I can't find love for myself?
1: So first of all, you're not alone. Like that's what really started the self-love revolution was I, I learned I wasn't alone. I, you know, little, I have a six year old, little kids talk to themselves. And it's really cute when kids talk to themselves, but at some point it's not cool to talk to yourself anymore. Right? And if we see people talking to themselves, we think that those are the crazy people. So here I am talking to myself in my head all the time. I thought I must be the only one. Really, I thought I was the only one having these inner dialogue conversations. Right. What a relief it was when I found out, you mean everyone is talking to themselves? And you mean, you're telling me that everyone else is afraid? I'm telling you, it was mind blown because I thought everyone else around me was really successful and happy and joyful. And, and they had it figured out. And I was the only one, except for those freaks that were talking out loud to themselves on the street. Not freaks, by the way, but that's the mind. That's what I was taught in the mindset that I had. They're right, not They're right. They're lovable, amazing human beings that maybe had a bad ride along the way. So you just want to really be clear what what I'm what I'm saying here. Um I wasn't the only one. You're not the only one. Now, I'll give you a. Uh, you know, you asked if there was really a moment or if it was a journey. There wasn't a moment. So I'm going to take you to a later part of the journey. It, uh, at the beginning of the journey, you know, I began to learn confidence skills. I began to learn goal setting skills. And, and I, I began to learn really important things, which I still use, all important. And I, so I became a, life coach and a success coach and, and, and all that kind of stuff right and yes I got trained and and, and did, did the whole the whole thing so I've been doing it for some years um, so I'm teaching yoga I'm coaching people life is good um, we moved to Austin Texas we opened our own yoga studio and I, I learned about this woman who I was not familiar with her name is Louise Hay now she had been around for decades I just hadn't heard about her. I had heard about Tony Robbins and listened to some of his stuff, and and you know I watched The Secret. So you know I got Bob Proctor and, and right, and, and some right. Of that stuff, right. So I just hadn't heard about her. And then uh, she says something, and I don't know if I heard it. It was a video. I I, I don't really remember what it was, but I remember um, she said, you know, go to the mirror and look yourself in the eyes and say, "I love you." I go. Well, that's cool. Cause, cause I got my shit together now. Sorry if I'm not supposed to say that, but I got, I got my <laughs> no, shit together no, no. and I'm a coach and I'm really helping people. And I figured out so much stuff since those days, you know, on third street with the sun setting out my window, not happy. Like I figured out a lot of stuff. I had gone deep. So I go, this is going to be great. And I go to the mirror and go walk to the bathroom and I go to the mirror and I didn't have glasses on, so, so I go to the mirror and I look myself in the eyes and I say, I say, Jonathan, that is an exact quote. I couldn't look myself in the eyes and I couldn't say the words. And I had this sensation that came over my body that was not a pleasant one. And I curled up in a ball. I ran out of the bathroom and I curled up in a ball on the floor. Now, you were able to say you didn't love you. If you would have asked me the day before or even 10 minutes before, I'm sure I would have said, of course, I love myself. Why wouldn't I? I didn't even try it again for another month. It was such a shocking experience to me. Hmm. But I knew that obviously there was a little bit more work to do, don't you think? (laughs) Yes, yes. So I, I tried it again a month later. I don't know exactly how long later, but whatever, sometime later. And it was still really difficult to say. And I kept practicing and I kept practicing. And then I learned some of the other tools. And, and you know, I mean, I had a yoga practice. So, and I, I, I had a beginning meditation practice. Um, so I kind of knew about acceptance, but obviously not really, even though I was teaching it. Um, uh, <laughs> right. So I, I did a deep dive into acceptance. Well, I, I, I learned more about it. See, acceptance is often taught, um, accepting what is, but what I, I call it now, I call it complete acceptance because there's the other side of acceptance, which is accepting that you want it to be different. See, I didn't know that. So I just learned acceptance is accepting what is. And if I wasn't accepting it, then something was wrong with me. And I just had to work harder at accepting it. No, except that this is what what is here. And it's okay that you want it to be different. And when you really tune into the body, and it does take some work, there are two distinct sensations in the body of what is and the wanting it to be different. And when you can lovingly accept both of those, that's complete acceptance. By the way, I, I did not make this up. I'm no genius. I'm no hero here. I just dug deeper into the teachings I said I'm missing something here it's all on YouTube by the way folks um, uh, right. I, I, I learned that there was more to acceptance so then I fig- you know so now I, I just called it complete acceptance because those words made sense to me and, and, and made sense to to others who I could share it with more than the words that some people were using um, so that was really powerful to me um, then I learned about gratitude. And not just writing it down, because that becomes a chore to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I wrote down my gratitude, leave me alone already. Gratitude is a physical, emotional experience. And if you're not feeling it, it doesn't matter what you write down on the piece of paper. You have to turn it into an experience. And if you read, Think can grow rich, which is seemingly about money, but it's not money is a side effect money is the results of doing the work he uses the word emotionalize what did what did he mean by emotionalize? turning thoughts into feelings turning the thoughts of gratitude into the feeling of gratitude now more recently we can prove the science behind it gratitude releases dopamine and serotonin you know what else releases dopamine facebook gmail Right. It's the reward center. Check. Do that scroll. Oh, oh there's more. Okay. <laughs> then it's meaningless. So then you feel like crap, but you got the hit. I need another hit. I need another hit. You want a dopamine hit without scrolling through Facebook at 2 a.m.? Just think about something really important to you that makes you grateful. It's science, folks. You spend a year following the science. Hey, follow the science. I don't understand why that's not being taught in science class in middle school or even elementary school at least high school and not in, i appreciate social, social emotional learning i really do teach i'm grateful it's in the school curriculum but it shouldn't be social emotional learning it should be science class hmm. i don't understand why we're only learning about saturn and jupiter and and all that stuff in science class we should be learning what this brain is producing and I, we're learning more than Jupiter, and Saturn, I get it. But, but we're learning much more of what's happening outside of us. This brain is a chemical creating machine. This body is a chemical creating machine. It's creating chemicals all the time. We should be learning about this in chemistry and why it is creating cortisol and what it does and why it creates and releases dopamine in serotonin, in oxytocin. Let's learn that chemistry. Then you can begin to choose how to live your life. You want a whole bunch of cortisol, be stressed out. Cool if that's your choice, but at least know that's what you're doing. Or do you want some serotonin, oxytocin? You yeah. choose, But we're not. We're not taught the science. We're not taught and and I got way off track from your question. I don't even know what your question was anymore. Um, Oh, you know, what do you do if you don't love yourself? So here's the real answer. It's a practice, right? I'm better today than I was when I first looked in the mirror, which was probably six years ago, maybe. And I had already been doing a whole boatload of work. Before my first yoga class was in 2000, I, I, you know, I've been practicing yoga for over 20 years. I've been teaching it for, I don't know, 2008. What's that? You do the math, 13, 14 years. I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I've, I've been doing a whole bunch of massive work. Um, but this is all a practice, forgiveness. That's what really uncovered it for me. But it's a practice saying kind things to myself now look to be clear i'm still an asshole to myself sometimes but i'm not only an asshole to myself sometimes i hear the voice i go oh that's that voice okay got it i understand you and then i go hey other voice because i'm I'm schizophrenic. I don't I'm not a doctor. I don't use that that term in a medical sense, but we all have these these multiple voices in our in, multiple voices in our head. So I say, are oh, the voice? Hey, can you help me out here? Got a little struggle? Okay, can you help me? Can you give me something better? Yeah. Focus on what you just did. Good this morning. Focus on this interview right now you're doing with Greg. Okay, okay, good. Good. I can focus on on showing up. So so my self-talk has has begun to change. But to be clear, I don't beat myself up anymore when I have a negative thought. That's what I, at the very beginning of my journey, you know, think good thoughts and your life changes, right? Law of attraction. Law of attraction is real, um, but it's not taught. Again, it's not taught the right way in my experience. Because you can't just, you're not going to not have (laughs) difficult thoughts. I don't know anybody that doesn't have difficult thoughts. And I know people who've been doing this work way longer than I have. So it's what do you do when it's there and how do you treat yourself when it's there and how do you treat yourself before it's there and after and all the time? So practice. Practice. If this is difficult for you, Greg, or anyone watching, treat this like playing the piano, like playing basketball, like painting, like whatever it is you want to get good at practice it now practice does not make perfect but practice does make better and if you practice i promise you will get better at it
0: is that when is that what i mean a really uh, great answer and you you uh you blew my mind several times there I know i went uh, off
1: like 10 minutes sorry I, uh, <laughs>
0: sorry about that no no no, no 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 that was great it was really great i mean it, this idea of acceptance being evolving your your evolution of the act of acceptance is something i've never heard put like that before which is really uh groundbreaking for me and 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 certainly this this the practice of self-love as opposed to just being some people make it like i said at the beginning of this some people make it sound so easy just love yourself just love yourself and the same way people say just be yourself as if that's an easy thing for people without realizing how much conditioning prevents people from doing those things
1: yeah so here's here's what i found to be i hate to use this word um stages of spirituality uh And I can't say I'm at a final stage. I'm still in a journey. I don't know where I'm at. Um, But but the one is for you don't know anything and you discover, like I discovered there's a new way to live. Like you don't have to be pissed off every day and just rage at punk rock shows and blame the government and the corporations and everyone else for my problems. You mean, one, I can take responsibility and two, I can have joy in my life. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. And then you start learning how to do some of this stuff. And then... You look at the others who aren't doing it, and you go, well, I'm doing it. Why aren't they doing it? Right. And then we start to blame. So there's a whole part of the spirituality world that blames other people for, one, not living as they think they should be living, right? You're not, you're not living spiritually like I am. What's wrong with you? But really what we're doing is blaming you for doing exactly what you were taught to do. And that to me is the real disconnect, blaming you for doing exactly what you were taught to do. So we have to go past that. And I think in, in, I'm not putting those people down because I think it's a part of the spiritual journey. I just want to be clear. I went through it. I was there. Why aren't they doing that? I'm doing it. And the more I learned about acceptance and acceptance of myself, and I realize, well, they're just at that part of the journey. Okay. Not that I think it's right for anyone to put anyone else down, but okay, if, if everyone is taking the journey that way and so many people are, you gotta, I, I, let's give them some peace. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. Why don't we just accept everybody where they are? It doesn't mean withhold the tools. It doesn't mean, okay, you don't love yourself and you hate your job. I'm gonna just let you do there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you little pieces and maybe you listen to it, maybe you don't. Maybe it's seed planting. Look, if you would show this interview to the 20 year old me, or even 25 year old me, that guy that's raging at punk rock shows, and you told them that that him and uh, you know, and somewhere in the future is gonna talk about self love. <laughs> <laughs> what a yoga studio, right? Uh, yoga, right. are you? kid and he would have spit in your face
0: <laughs> right
1: so we have to understand that that that's a part of the journey and begin to accept people for that part of the journey because when they can accept themselves they'll be able to change and as long as they don't accept themselves they're still fighting with themselves and they can't change you can't really change until you accept yourself you can make changes you can change careers. You can make more money. You can change girlfriends or, you know, boyfriends or relationships, all that kind of stuff. But you still wind up unhappy in the end. Right. You go from one job to the next. You hate you're at a job. You hate your boss. You quit. You go get another job. You go, wow, ah, my boss sucks again. So you quit. My- get another job. My boss sucks again. Dude, it has nothing to do with your boss. And of course, we've seen that play out in relationships. You you have a significant other not working out. Okay, let's break that off. We'll do another one. You got the same person in front of you with a different name. (laughs) Because it's the stuff inside of you that maybe needs to be changed, but will not really change until you accept yourself. If you don't go, there are three steps to change. One is to observe where you are. Observe, I don't like this. Then you have to accept, I don't like it, but I'm not gonna pretend it's not there anymore. And then you can make change. See, most people jump to step three, which is which is make change, take massive action. Fan of massive action. By the way, big fan of baby steps too, both work. Um, and they work well together, uh, but if we jump to there without acceptance first, you wind back where you started, and that's what this cycle—that's what what the treadmill is. You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, but you're not getting anywhere. When you practice acceptance, and then take action, you got to take action, because the other, the smaller segment of people um, practice acceptance without taking action. Well, you don't go to anywhere then either. But when you practice acceptance and then you take action, then your chain, change sticks. Now you're not going back. You will have new challenges to be sure because you are programmed to learn and grow and you can't learn and grow without challenges, but you won't have the same challenge. You will be faced with a different challenge.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about next. I am very curious about the way this intersects with um, interpersonal relationships, Uh, specifically love in general, in the sense that, you know, you, you, you do definitely hear out there a lot of people that talk about, well, yes, the spark uh, and I think there's a difference too. We're talking about self-love, and and I think there's a difference between romantically loving yourself. Some people would yeah. really say there's a difference, but there's a difference between that and this kind of love, um, for sure. But but still, the dynamics play out. I mean, you hear what's it? The RuPaul quote, right? yeah if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? That idea of um she put it a lot differently but but yeah, I mean that that's the whole the whole notion that these dynamics can really play out, and people can get into these relationships where really uh tough, tough programming get gets get worked its way into the dynamic, but it also makes me go well i know there are people out there that say your it's the spark is not always going to stay there love changes love love is an act that's the first thing they say like you were saying jonathan you were saying it's a it's a it's an act that you do it's not just something you accept that's there it's something that you do so you you find ways of loving your partner differently you learn to love them and you you act on it because the relationship evolves um which on one level i could sense that but i also wonder is there a point where you should know that you really love yourself before you even attempt to go into a relationship because, yeah, I don't know. Is there a clicking point? Is there an idea where you're like, OK, I love myself. Now I'm ready to put myself out there so I don't have to deal with more pain?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And it's a question I've never been asked before. I'm not ready to say you can't have a relationship if you haven't figured out how to love yourself fully. Um, there's, there's learning that that takes place in relationships. What I will say is you will have a better relationship if you practice kindness towards yourself. Um, The thing that comes up in my experience with relationships is we are expecting people to be a certain way and to fit a certain mold so that they fit into our box. I wanna be with someone like this. Let me write the list of, of my necessary ingredients. And then find someone that will fit that. Um, They fit into it the first two years, um, but that's only because you are on um, what, uh, uh, oh man, Stan Tankton, I think is how how, uh, you say his name. Sorry if I got it wrong. Stan, love you. I don't know him personally, um, but but it, you're on drugs. You are literally on drugs, literally, right, right. because you have a chemical making, remember the chemical making machine? So for the first couple of years, you're, you're just on drugs. Um, So everyone looks like they're fitting into the box. Then the drugs wear away. Then you got to figure out what's going to happen after the drugs wear off. Um, For me, my practice of self-love has made me more accepting of other people. Now, because I've become more accepting of myself, I screw up every day. Every day, I make mistakes. I used to beat myself up every day for those mistakes. I would look myself in the mirror every night and think, of, it didn't matter what, how great the day was. I could have interviewed, you know, Cher or, or you know, the Ramones, whatever. And it didn't matter. My end of the day was, well, this is what you screwed up. Hmm. I was very unaccepting of myself. I'd, I'd, I'd see that there were successes and then i focused focus on all my screws. Now it's totally the reverse. I acknowledge I screwed things up. And then I say, I got your back. Like I would if a friend came to me and said, dude, man, I made this mistake and it's really bad. Go, come on in, come on in, sit down, let's talk. I got your back. I got space for you here. That's how we treat a friend. So that's how I treat me now. Okay, yeah, you screwed up. Most of the mistakes were silly anyway. They're not real, they're not big things. No one else knows about them. But if it is a big thing, I got my back. And then I focus on the successes of the day and really make those big in my head, even if they were teeny successes. Watering the plant, huge success. I used to kill plants all the time. If I water plants, that's great. So I become more accepting of my mistakes. I've become more forgiven of myself. And because of that, I am now more accepting of everyone else's mistakes and all the things they do to piss me off. Because I know that they have different programming than I have. Some the same, but some different. Um, That they're bringing up their own past and history and and childhood traumas. And, and, And trauma does not mean it had to be a violent trauma although often it is more often than you think by the way Uh, for me it was not a violent trauma but i got my own personal stuff from for me you know whatever your whatever your big thing is that's what your big thing was um you know even as a yoga teacher you know i was taught you know in a yoga class safety wise, people have to listen to you. So if someone wasn't listening to my instructions. You know, my teachers would get upset if someone wasn't listening. So I got upset if someone wasn't listening. But I have a whole new understanding of that. Now, as I've learned more, if someone's not listening to me, it's not because they don't want to, it's because they have an inability to at that moment, because of whatever either long term trauma is coming up, or maybe something happened that day. And that's inside of the yoga class as a teacher but it, it's it's every day so now it's with it's with my son. He sometimes doesn't listen to me when he's supposed to. We got somewhere to be or something to do. Um why isn't he listening to me? I don't know why, but if he's screaming and crying, he ain't gonna listen to me <laughs> any more quickly. Yeah. So how can I practice acceptance for that knowing that when I was that age I did the same thing? How can I practice acceptance for someone who's just having a bad day even if it's pissing me off? How can I know they're just going through something? Maybe maybe I can I can accept my discomfort that is being caused by the situation not by the situation my response to it, right? But but is being brought up because of whatever's happening, except me. Oh, you're angry now, Jonathan, aren't you? It's okay. Okay, you get to be angry, Jonathan. Nothing wrong with you. I accept you as you are. Then I can turn around and accept the other person as they are. That was a long answer. I'm giving long answers tonight. No, no, this What's is good. This is what this is, is, is what this is what people. Make sense. It is. It is.
0: I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think it's really. Um, <laughs> it's. 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 Too profound, and it's something that is, um, you know, not really. It, it. It's profound and it's deep, but it's also seemingly. What I like about this is that it's very. It feels actionable. Um it seems as if it's not it, you you've really dedicated yourself to practices of this and and teaching people practices of of how to bring self-love into their lives on a daily basis it's not this ethereal thing and we have to sit in a temple for years to reach enlightenment or self-love i mean you could look you could just tomorrow and uh you could forgive yourself and forgive somebody else and all of a sudden i can't imagine that you wouldn't feel more of a sense of love um i mean Let me ask you this. Let's go, let's go to the revolution. What is the revolution? What do you think that looks like? I mean, it's everybody, uh, you know, obviously there's this, this sort of stereotype of living in the grass with the hippies, but I mean, are you, are you actually trying to create a different world that, that overturns the system? Uh, what is, what is your vision? That
1: would be beautiful. Cause look, all right, Let's go to the history of education. Why were schools created? Schools were created because it's free it's free and I, I'm not, I only can talk about America, right? So school was created in the, in the United States um, to create workers for companies. And it was a yeah. little exchange. that happened you know in the early 19th century, free education came about and, and basically you know, uh, big business. Um, said yeah let's finance education so we can have a, a good quality workforce you know who the head of the school is right not the principal it's a superintendent you know why we have a superintendent because factory lines had superintendents
0: oh it was yeah
1: modeled after factory line I like that. so again we're 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 taught, that's why the first, what do they ask in school? What do you wanna be when you grow up? <laughs> what, what, what test do you take? I don't know if they still do it in seventh grade. You know, we took a personality test to see what job we're supposed to be in.
0: Yeah. It's like
1: yeah. I the rest of my life in seventh grade. Like, are you kidding me? When you haven't even taught what this body's doing? Um. So yeah, we we live in a consumer society. Every day. So in school, it was go get a good job and fall in line out of school. It's well, get a better job. And if you're not happy, buy a car. If you're still not happy, my guess is your iPhone is old. So you ought to get the new one. Um, If you're still not happy, I don't know, maybe a new, new set of clothes. Don't forget the new shoes. Um, If you're still not happy, well, how big is your, is your house? You don't own a house? You know that's the American dream, right? Go get yourself a house. It doesn't matter how much debt it puts you in. Go get a house. Okay, got a house. It's not bigger than my neighbor's house. Well, go get another house then. Yeah. Um so that's how we're taught. Postponing happiness. So yes, and I'm not against buying stuff. I I got I got an iPhone. Um you know, I got right. I got I got I got stuff around here. Um, you know, although my my son made those pictures, by the way, oh, they're beautiful. Um, they're well, beautiful. This green and yellow thing again that my uh, my camera sometimes does. Um, now in the old days, I, I would have gotten really freaked out about that. <laughs> well, no, I'm doing a live interview, and and but now it's like acceptance. You know, what are you gonna do? So you you, you just roll with it. You fix right, it. Right. So, right. Yeah. So I. I I want, I want a revolution where you can be you don't have to postpone happiness anymore. You don't have to compare yourself to anybody else anymore. You are good enough right now, just as you are. You can love yourself just as you are. You can show up just as you are. You don't need to pretend anymore. Look, I spent 20 years in the entertainment biz. I I was I was there when in, in hair and makeup. When they would transform this person, who looked wonderful to begin with, into something that was non-real, but you know looked great on the photo cover or the TV show or or whatever it was, we're we're telling people to be something that's not even real. And I'm not saying, hey, be real. That this isn't that, but don't buy in. Into the false, the non-truths that you were told. They taught you that because they believed it was true. I'm not blaming them. But you've been trying it. Now, if you're younger and watching this, okay, you know, try it for another 10 years. See what happens. And then come back and watch this again. But those that, that are 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe older. Because I, I, I work with young people, but some people I work with. They're, they're they're in their 70s and they're still like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to love myself. Because they're still living by the old paradigm. So I want to create a revolution where you don't need to do it anymore. You know this doesn't work. You've achieved your goals and you're still not happy. You got your success and you're still not happy. You got the money in the bank and you're still not happy. Why? Because you're living the wrong paradigm you're following the wrong equation let's rewrite it let's not live that way anymore let's not fall into the obedience that they want us to do purchase more that grows the economy you know if you purchase more if you need something buy it but if you're buying it to make yourself happy you're just going to end up getting a storage place for all your stuff
0: which isn't bringing
1: you happiness. Uh,
0: yeah. There's such a disconnect here. I mean, I there's such a disconnect between what you're saying and this revolution and what the institutions have us do. I mean, That's it's— That's why n- it's a
1: revolution. <laughs> it really it's revolution is. against everything we've ever been taught.
0: You never hear— Joe Biden, you never hear – you never hear any of these guys – I mean Trump, you you never hear them go, yeah, I just want the American people to be happy with themselves and everything they've accomplished. It's always about the job. It's always about getting the economy back. It's always about getting this country back to where it needs to be. Yeah, but what about where – what it needs to feel? What about where it needs to feel again?
1: Where is that? Is that – in that – you – We could erase this whole interview, and you said it. It's about feeling, and we've been taught not to feel. Don't be sad. Don't be angry. Don't be afraid. Have you ever been told those things?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what that is really saying is when it says, don't feel, because those are relatively common experiences. And it's also saying, don't be human because all humans feel those emotions as well as, as joy and happiness and, and and celebration. But sadness is a regular part of life. Challenges, fear has to be a regular part of life, has to be a regular part of life because change is scary. But if you're not changing you're you're stuck. So you have to face your fear in order to go through it and experience growth and learning. But if you're taught, don't be afraid, then you're going to avoid those sensations of fear and you're going to hold back. Whoa, that's a fr- scary. No, no, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't fall in line with my paradigm, which says all I need to do is make more money and get rich and then I'll be happy. We know that doesn't work. Lots of rich people have killed themselves because they're not happy. My mission is to have no one kill themselves anymore. Like mm. really. Let's yes. stop killing ourselves. Wow. And wow. Yeah, that's And that's huge. what this that yeah. And that's what this does. We have to learn how to feel again. In self-love, along with its ingredients of acceptance, which is is not accepting the story, it is acceptance of the feeling that we feel inside of us. That's also about acceptance. We don't accept the facts. We accept the feelings inside of us that these facts trigger in us. Okay, so I'm at a red light. My hands are clenched and my my heart beats faster. Okay, you don't have to fight it. Just notice your hands clenched, heart beats faster. Try it next time. Go to red light, and if those bother you, or someone cuts you off in traffic, you'll your hands clench and your shoulders lift. As soon as you notice it, it releases. As long as you don't fight it, hmm. and then over time, your body begins to change where it won't do that anymore. Like now, it doesn't happen. Unless I fall back, oh, I really am in a rush and I'm late because I did something you know, stupid or whatever. I, I left late. Okay, then I, I, I know how to get back into the old paradigms. My body knows how to, but it doesn't happen as often. We have to learn how to feel again. I have lots of clients that say, well, I don't feel that. I don't know what you mean by feeling. And I literally, and this is not the fake literally, the real literally, 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 literally. Yes, I have to literally teach them how to feel again because they have numbed themselves out for so long. To feel in this country is a revolution for many. We need to start to feel again, and again, folks, all I'm saying is follow the science. Right? We say follow the science. You know, We're in this land of COVID. Follow the science. And look, I'm I'm double vaccinated. I wear my mask. I, 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 I'm I on board. Pro all of it. I don't want to get sick. Don't want my son to get sick. Don't. Got it. But we are forcing so much anxiety on people without teaching them how to feel and process that anxiety. Follow the science, follow the science, not just physical health, mask up, take your vaccine. Follow the science of emotional health. The research is there folks, we're just not teaching it. Follow the science of success. You want successful people? Follow the science of Harvard University, the, the number one premier learning institution in the world, according to many, I'm not judging, emotional intelligence is the number one predictor of future success. Just follow the science and teach it. So that that's what we have to start doing. And to follow that science is a revolution. Now, the problem comes is that if you feel really good about yourself right now, in this moment, you are less likely to buy something.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: That's not, you're less likely to be sick also. So you're less likely to be sick. Well, that hurts the medical system and the pharmaceuticals. You're less likely to buy something well, that hurts, a, you know, a lot of companies, car companies aren't going to, you know, you're not going to flip over your car every two to three years anymore. Um, and that's a problem. And if it affects those companies, it affects the politicians that are in power because that's just how our country is designed. And I'm not here to get into a political debate about, you know, how to change it. You know, if you want to have a discussion, I'm happy to. But but I'm just pointing out the way the system currently is. It's just a fact there aren't too many people that 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 are going to dispute that, right? Fundraising. If you, if you talk, if you get a hold of your representative and you ask them what they do most of their days, right? Um, if you do some advocacy work, because for a little while I did, I was not a lobbyist, I did advocacy. Um and we would get meetings with them, and eighty percent of their time is spent fundraising. And they'll even tell you, yeah, I didn't get into this to do fundraising, but that's what I have to do. Um, They'll tell you, the lobbyists are writing the laws, we don't have time to read the entire thing. They'll tell you that. Um, So it's it's not something that's in dispute. So being happy right now does essentially destroy the fundamental workings of our system of life, but now you have a choice: remain unhappy and keep, you know, buy. You'll 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 get purchasing stuff gives you a shot of dopamine. You'll feel good about it for a little while, and then you know it goes away. We've all bought a new phone. We've all bought a new car. We've all bought new clothes. We've all bought <laughs> new stuff, and we feel good, and then it goes away. We've all done this. So are we ready to try living differently in a way Mm. that brings all of us up together? Self-love, isn't just about you, not just about me. It's so that we can find a way to have compassion for each other. In your success is my success. Your success doesn't mean I fail. Right now, if you succeed, I fail. Well, how, how many? I wonder how many reviews Greg has on his podcast. Right. How many, how many got on mine? How many stars? Mm. Right. Right. Okay, when, oh shit! He's got more than mine. Success, failure. No. Can I go? Oh, look at what he got. Can I celebrate you and feel good about it? Can Can you? celebrate your co-workers when they get a promotion and feel good about it and not have this win or lose mentality
0: you know let me ask you about that actually before you and i definitely want to you've been giving me a lot of time here this has been really great um and by the way everybody that is listening to this if you want to delve deeper into this in a, in a really i mean clearly jonathan has been here knows the experience you 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 definitely um uh, you speak very eloquently and 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 have a thorough understanding of emotions and your course which everybody we can link to uh we're going to link to the self-love revolution a master class um i mean yeah, this is, there's a lot going on. You have a you have an ongoing cell, you have a coaching community. I mean, you've got a group, you're in contact with your people, which is amazing. Uh, You know, some people just put the course out there, and they don't, uh, you know, Uh, well, then again, we're gonna get to comparison mindset here. But but no, you're leading the revolution. You're you're speaking what you're, you're doing what you're speaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and we get together as as a community because You know, you you mentioned before about, um, you know, some of the the steps are simple. They are very simple steps, very simple, simple and easy are two different things, right? Right. Simple, not always easy, especially if it's something new. And when it's new and different, it interacts with your nervous system, and your nervous system is, is going. No, this is not what I was taught. This is not how I'm supposed to function. This is weird. This feels awkward. That's why when people say affirmations, sometimes their body goes, uh, you know, so like, okay, I'm rich, right? And then their body doesn't feel rich, and then it, it rejects it. Um, if, after, if affirmations are working, if you do them, if affirmations aren't working, if you do questions instead, say, how am I rich? you will feel a whole different experience in your body and your subconscious mind will search for an answer and train your body to look for things that prove you indeed are rich because if you got a roof over your head if you can watch this you're rich <laughs> you know i'm not saying you don't have problems right um, but but there're things about you that are rich and you can begin to 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 pinpoint those so not everything is easy i, I, went, I went off on a little tangent not everything is easy it's simple so yeah we get together in a community so we can work through the problems so that we can learn how to feel again again so you can really learn that you're not alone in this uh and and we just we do it together in community and we are here we are wired follow the science i'm gonna go back follow the science we are wired for connection. Human beings are wired for connection. Uh, it, it's in, I'm not a neuroscientist, although when I go back to school, it will be for neuroscience. Um, but there's a part of the brain that is wired to connect with other human beings. Um, but we keep getting more and more isolated, cubicles in the office. Um, and even though you know the internet s- supposedly connects us, Creates more disconnection than connection. Um, you you have to really thoughtfully use it to connect. Um, so it's important to try and do this in community and not isolate yourself, thinking that something's wrong with you, thinking that that you need to be fixed. You're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. I'm not going to fix you. You know why I'm not going to fix you? Because you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Once you get that the other things begin to magically flow out of you. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, I don't want to, and and that's the thing. I'm going with this with this comparison mindset, just because I, I definitely find myself uh, tripping into it sometimes. I'm going, oh my gosh, wait a minute, what am I? What is this jealousy? What is this? I should be happy for this person. I know it's the right thing. I know I should be happy for other people's successes. Um, and then, but but there is a part of me on the inside sometimes that's going. Yeah, but am I, I'm not, there's a disconnect And is it, is your answer just because it's, is it, is it a practice or is it because I don't love myself enough yet to be able to get to that point?
1: Because it's a practice. Mm. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to say never compare myself, you know? Oh, look at, you know, Tony Robbins and look at, look at what, what he's doing. So now I have a choice. I can say I'm not good enough and hide in my shell because you know Tony Robbins has been coaching for longer than I have and he's making more money than I am and and you know he has tens of thousands of people at his events. Right. Um, or I can go, Jonathan. Who are you? What's your purpose here? Okay. Do your purpose. Show up. The people who are in front of me are not in front of Tony Robbins. I don't know why they showed up in front of me and not him, but they showed up in front of me. Um, they could go study with, oh, not, not with, she, she passed, um, but they could study Louise Hayes' work. Um, And when I really look at it, I'm different. I speak differently. I relate differently. I have my own experiences. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, with the self-love revolution, in terms of, of the movement and the program, it's like I said, when I started this, you know, so I went to the Tony Robbins school, and I said in my head, you know, massive action. And then, um, you know, I learned the confidence skills and all that. And then later I got Louise Hay. So I had the Tony Tony Robbins school over here, and Law of Attraction here, and Louise Hay here, and then finally, thank God, I discovered forgiveness, but they were all in different places. And I got confused, and I didn't know what to do because I I had to do everything, and they were all in different places. I'm even speaking confused because it's like massive action doesn't work with self-love. Self-love is meaningless unless I'm taking action um so I had to figure out how to put it all together mm-hmm. and that's what I did so it it, it I, I there's still confidence stuff within it I still talk about the inner critic um we have our our inner guides and we have you know the, these really core ingredients of, of acceptance gratitude forgiveness self, self-love self-compassion and then we learn how to take I don't call it massive action it's inspired action. So it really, it, it's all cohesive. It, it became cohesive to me. Like I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. So I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not a way of doing things. It's a way of being, it's a way of showing up in the world on a regular basis. Of course, once I figured it out for me, I'm like, I got to share this stuff with others and, and, <laughs> yeah. um, but here's here's the truth. Um, this is kind of a funny side story. So when I started doing this stuff, I, I was still doing success coaching. I didn't call it self love, even though as I was learning it, I, I started bringing some some of the elements into my coaching. Didn't call it self love. I, I wasn't doing forgiveness back then because it was all a little too woo woo. And then I remember it was a it was a January. So at our yoga studio, I did these monthly uh, life mastery coaching classes with people and i remember it was january because that's when you know twice as many people show up right so i got a room (laughs) full of people right and and i go around the room same question i started everyone with i said uh what what um what goal do you have that you haven't achieved because i'm doing success what goal do you have that you haven't achieved or what difficulty are you going through that that this could help you with then go around the room did that for everyone Um, in half the room said something about self-love or self-compassion. I need to love myself more. I'm like, okay, universe, <laughs> I hear you. You're telling me something. And that's when I really began to put it put it as a package together for other people and, and claim the words self-love. Because a lot of us are even afraid to say the words. It's wimpy, woo-woo. Yeah. So it's about owning no, you're worthy of love too, you know? Not just everyone else. I'm worthy of love, you're worthy of love, we're all worthy of love. So how about we love ourselves and then we share that love with each other? Doesn't that sound like a, a, a world you wanna live in?
0: Right. Right. So it's, it really is. It's it's uh, the practice of it seems to be the thing I'm really taking away from this.
1: Oh self love is a practice that's it self love is a, and it's a it's a daily practice and it's as important as brushing your teeth you're going to brush your teeth every day to keep your teeth healthy you ought to practice self love every day to keep your heart your body your being healthy and the truth is don't tell anyone but you can do it while you brush your teeth, right? You brush your teeth for two minutes. Hopefully you brush your teeth for two minutes, right? 30 seconds each quadrant to your mouth, right? Listen to your dentist. And in those two minutes, you can look at the mirror. You can practice acceptance for what you're feeling. And so for people that can't feel, and this is true, I say, when you're brushing your teeth, feel the toothbrush going across your teeth. What does it feel like? It's as simple as that. That's how you can begin to feel. Feel the toothpaste, you know, dribbling down your lip. Feel it because you're wiping it off. So you must feel something. Um, So practice acceptance, have some gratitude. And then in the mirror, just say some loving things to yourself. One thing, just one thing. Pick one thing you like about yourself. Say it in the mirror. You can do it while you're brushing your teeth. You don't even need to find other time. But you must practice it. And if you want to get good at it, practice it every day.
0: Uh, what a great world! What a great world you're creating, Jonathan. Troen. Jonathan Troen, the, the man behind the revolution. Um, yeah, I I love this. I, I and again, it's um, it's clear that it's again, it's not difficult. Um, if <laughs> it's not difficult in concept, but. Uh, You know, it's it's I imagine if even if you could do one more attempt at loving yourself each day, that would be it would spiral and spiral into a world of of absolute exquisiteness. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen people that you've worked with as a coach that uh, were coming from this place of scarcity and they just had one simple practice you're not talking meditation here you're saying, where can you find the love for yourself today one percent more than you did yesterday Have you seen it make make a difference?
1: Oh my God it's, it is an honor and I truly say this it is such an honor to witness people transforming in front of you and to be clear I'm not transforming them I might share some tools and I'm, I'm a, I might be a guide for it. But they're doing the work, and and just the, this metamorphosis happens in front of you. Say one kind thing to yourself every day. It'll become a habit eventually. At the beginning, you know, put put a sticky note on your mirror, your bathroom, and say one kind thing, or just the stick. You just put the sticky note there; it'll remind you. You don't even need to write anything on. And Then after a while you'll think of a second thing that you'll just want to throw in there. There'll be two things. And then there'll be three things. And then there'll be four things. And then it becomes a habit. And then then you'll, then you'll have a really bad day and you totally forget about it. But then the next day you can come back and just do it again. Just one thing. And again, maybe a second, third, or fourth thing comes out. It doesn't matter. One kind thing to yourself every day. And your whole life will change.
0: Jonathan Troen, the self-love revolution everybody check it out and we're gonna to link to all i mean your your instagram is filled with this is the type of content we need out there in social media um higher consciousness thinking i mean it's uh and yeah i i everything you're you're putting out to the public i think is just i can't help but imagine that people it seems to be resonating obviously otherwise you uh you know well maybe you would have stopped doing it maybe you wouldn't have now that you're in the self-love place do you think you have enough self-love to know that if three people followed your revolution you would still keep doing it
1: yeah oh no no doubt no doubt now that doesn't mean that i'm going to do this forever and it won't evolve into something else so now I'm more open to, well, this, this might be it. This might be a stepping stone to something that, um, I, I, is unfolding. Um, but it's not a numbers game and it is a numbers game at the same time. Um, we change the world one person at a time. It's not, I don't, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I don't need 10,000 people to like my post. Um, knowing, I know that I have been a conduit for people transforming their lives. They've told me that. If I die in the middle of this call, after this call, I, yeah, you know, someone did a Facebook post the other, other day. If you died today, would you feel good about it? Yeah, I'm good, totally good. I don't want to, I have a six-year-old. I, I hope I'm here for a long <laughs> time. Right, right. I be there for him. My goal is not to die tomorrow, but I, I, I'm good, very good. And at the same time, it is a numbers game. Um, I do want to impact as many people as possible. Now, not all of them are are, are, are directly. I know that every person I transform, transforms the people around them, right? Hmm. Um, so I'm good with that. Um, you know, I'm sharing this with you. Tons of people are going to listen to this. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. They come to me. Great. They don't, but get the seeds of this. Awesome. Um, I do want the self-love idea to live on. Someone once asked me what I want my legacy to be. I don't need my name on a building. I don't even need my name connected with this. I don't care if anybody remembers Jonathan Trowan. But if you love yourself just a little bit more, and I had something to do with that, I'm good with that. I want the revolution to live on. So, uh, I'm willing to do it for three people. And yes, I want this to spread. I want this to impact the world in unbelievable ways. And as I said before, I want people to stop killing themselves. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I, you know, I had shared with you my, my LA Live, uh, my first internet business. Um, I've had other companies along the way. I work with a lot of en- entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are twice as more likely to be depressed than the rest of the population. Now one of the reasons is because we're horrible bosses to ourselves because we treat ourselves like shit. if we if we worked for anyone that spoke to ourselves, the way we speak to ourselves, we'd quit. Um, so we need to start talking to ourselves differently. Um, so yeah, I do it for three people, but i want I want to impact millions of people because millions of people deserve. To be happy, so that's why I invite you and everyone else to join the revolution. For you and for everybody around you, because that's what is going to make this world a better place to live in for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, really, just really great really great stuff and i know you do a podcast too where you're talking about these themes um you you have a i mean look it's self-love revolution self-love revolution dot com i mean this is it this is the if there were ever you are the self-love revolution there's no other self-love revolution um you know the, jonathan and you are leading the way here and Look, I, um, I appreciate you, you expounding on the way the practice has impacted you in your life. I appreciate you coming on the show and, um, look, I mean, <laughs> I have one more question, but I don't think you're going to answer it. <laughs> do it. Ask. You want me to throw it at you? Let me see if I can get this answer from you. I want the scandal. Who do you think is the most publicly perceived as happy musician? Or entertainer but the saddest do you know who is who is really the saddest person in hollywood you think how would you answer that question do you know have you encountered
1: them i i I may have encountered them but i I honestly i wouldn't know the answer to that because i didn't encounter everyone yeah but here's what i will say um
0: I mean, look, and I'll, I'll I'll frame this question. You got the you got the the rock stars. I mean, I'm thinking of the Rolling, Rolling Stones at their peak. You got like, oh, they're they're out there. They've got groupies. They're going on drug binges. They're traveling the world. They have the fame, the adoration. But then you get the other side, right? The drugs, the the fights, and the band, the 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 fake relationships. We know that's dark. We know that the rock star lifestyle that we fantasize about isn't sustainable. But does it get even sadder than that and what does that sadness short of killing yourself actually look like
1: well we have we've seen the, the people killing themselves and yes i have seen drug use backstage now at the yeah. time i didn't i didn't know that it had to do with um all, you know depression or difficult feelings i didn't know that. It was like hey look at it. look at what they're doing over there and and you know i was like yeah, you know, sometimes, oh, that's cool. Sometimes, like, oh, that's a little crazy. Um, I didn't know the demons that people are fighting. I didn't know the demons that I was fighting, to be honest with you.
0: Could you have done this career from the position of self love? Have you ever I don't know if you've toyed with that I know it's a different kind of consciousness, but I thought Whoa. about this what that would would that have looked like I mean starting your own company pursuing entertainment, I feel like if you had that knowledge that I need to love myself first and I still love this, it could have been a very different experience for you
1: It would have been definitely different. So I didn't have a lot of confidence in, my, in myself, right I, I said that at the beginning so I did shows that people, hired me for, right? I mean the, the music stuff I, I, I created that. Um, but then when, once you know in, in 2000 when the internet crashed, um, you know I mean I, I was doing some internets my company had already been swallowed by a larger company. then I, I, I moved to another startup um, and I did I was working for Richard Branson had a virgin digital startup so, so I was doing I was doing that radio side of, of his digital um company um, But then when I when then there was two there was 911, right? So then that also is another big hit to to especially you know Richard Branson didn't pull the plug totally, but most of us um, were laid off because he had to support his airline, right? Um, and he has tons of companies. So I, when I moved into TV, I started doing shows that people hired me for. I, I stopped I stopped creating my destiny. And I thought other people knew more than I did. And I just went wherever it guided me. And I don't like zoos. I'm a very anti-zoo person, for example. Right. Not a lot of debate about zoos. I just don't believe in animals in captivity. And I did a show called Ultimate Zoo. Why? Because someone paid me and that paid my rent and allowed me to go on dates. And I was brought up, if someone pays you, you take the job. Um, But it was so against my values. And I, I didn't know two years later how much that could tear me apart. You know, you talked about celebrities that are having difficulty, you know? So I was working in the business at the time when Britney Spears was going through some of her difficulties. And it was our job to make fun of her. And I am sorry for any part. I played it in that, but that was, that was entertainment. Like tearing people down is, 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 is entertainment and that's sickening. And that's a part of why I I had to leave it. Now, if I had known then what I know now, I would have had the confidence to ensure that I only did stuff I wanted. I would have created what I wanted to create, or I would have knocked on doors. There's great TV out there. I would have knocked on those doors over and over until I got the yes.
0: Right. But if I didn't right.
1: know, I was done. No? Okay. Okay, I guess well, they don't like me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That
1: that's, you know, I, I'm not good enough. Okay, let me go back to where I belong. And well, they're hiring me over there. So okay, I'll I'll do I'll do that. And even in that that kind of very, that was my self-talk, very, you know, uh, 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 so yeah, so it would, it would have been a very different world for me. I can work anywhere now and have this because I bring my values. I'm living a life according to my values. It can be in TV. Hey, anyone want it? But, but you're getting this guy, right? Um, I can work in TV again. Um, I can have my yoga studio, I can, I I can work at the coffee shop, um, because wherever I show up, I'm going to bring my values, not live in your values anymore, not trying to be you anymore. Uh, I will celebrate myself at the end of every day. So yes, it would have looked very different. And it doesn't matter so much what I do now, as long as I show up honoring my values and at the end of the day, celebrate myself.
0: Yeah. Uh, everything you say just puts me in a great, I just feel a very organic smile after. I, I love it. I love it so much. Um Yeah, no, yeah, clearly, clearly you're well-versed in the art of self-love. Um, and i i'm so glad that if there's anyone re- leading this revolution um you know it's it's not a a north korean dictator leading the self love revolution <laughs> <laughs> it's it's jonathan Troen. of course check out jonathan at selfloverevolution.com as well as um get that masterclass i mean so much good stuff there so much so much uh different spiritual philosophies and coaching and and healing philosophies and science being put into it so uh, i appreciate that you blend all those different perspectives and and filter it through your unique experience of the world as well which um i think is always a great practice um yeah jonathan really this has been so enjoyable thank you so much for for coming on the show
1: thank you so much for having me thank you so much for being a part of the revolution and spreading it.
0: I'm happy to. Absolutely, I'm with you, 100%. Jonathan Troen. Thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing the message. I want to thank Ronnie McGilfrey for the theme music. I want to thank whoever wrote this royalty-free track, Tulip's Tear. It's pretty nice, right? Why is the tulip crying? Sounds like the tulip needs to listen to this podcast. You ever try playing Joe Rogan for the flowers? You sing to the flowers, but if you play Joe Rogan, they die quicker. All right, everybody, we have a lot more coming to you soon. Some really uh, mind-bending stuff later this week.
1: Looking forward to it. Love you all. Because I love me first.